And so that's what we're all about. This morning what we're doing is we are concluding, as I mentioned before, a four-part series called Soul Care. And um, so we've been talking about caring for our souls and what does that mean and what does that look like. And hopefully you've enjoyed that. If you missed any part, it's on the website. It's on findmercy.org or you can uh, uh, subscribe to the podcast. It's out there. And it's been a great series and, and I've really appreciated it. And we've talked about the importance of our souls and what is a soul? What is our soul? We've talked about our responsibility to care for our souls. And uh, we talked about some of the things that we need uh, to be at, to have healthy souls, right? To be at peace. And so as uh, we wrap up this week, I want to talk about what we often refer to as the dark night of the soul. Has anybody ever heard that expression before? The dark night of the soul? Um, that term, dark night of the soul, was actually kind of coined. It comes from a, a Spanish 16th century monk named John. Very common name, right? Do we have any Johns here? Johns. Really? What? Are you serious? Like the most common name in the world? We don't have any Johns? Okay. Well, uh, technically, okay. All right, and so, uh, you know, he was devoted to reforming the church in the 16th century and was heavily, heavily criticized, and so he ended up in prison. So imagine, you know, taking that thing that's in your heart, this burning passion, this thing that God has called you to do, pouring all your energy into it and going to prison for it. And uh, a lot of times we think that when God gives us something to do, that uh, that. You, like, it's just going to succeed, right? God gave it to us to do, so it's going to succeed. And so, in fact, a lot of times we think that success in our eyes is like the earmark that God blessed it, right? And so we, have, we seem to have this kind of like uh, equation between God called me to do it, so it's going to succeed. You know what? Sometimes God calls us to do things, and they don't succeed like we think they're going to succeed, right? Sometimes God calls us to do things because he knows that the beating that you're going to take doing it is going to do better for you and more for you and more for your soul than if you succeeded wildly at it. And so uh, we tend to approach God's call uh, with a very Western success mindset to things. And so he had this call and he ended up in prison. His dreams were dashed, his ministry was gone, and he experienced this incredible transformation behind bars. And uh, sometimes God is more interested in your becoming, the person you're becoming, than the thing that you're doing. And so he realized that God works to change us, not always through joy, right? Not always through joy and light in this tangible sense of his presence in our life. But God often uses confusion. God uses loss. God uses disappointment. And God uses suffering, right? Even through times when he seems distant and when he seems silent, he uses those things to transform us. Right? So it's so important that we understand that. And in the dark night of the soul, it's like my prayers, they feel like they just hit the ceiling. Have we ever felt like that before? You just go to pray and you're like, I'm just talking to the air here, aren't I? You know, they're just, they're just hitting the ceiling. And... Uh, you know, it, it just feels like they're just being blocked. And, and in the dark night of the soul, all, all, the, all the Bible reading, all the worship music, all the Christian fellowship, all that in the world leaves us feeling no better than we were before. 
And so if you've ever been through a season like that in your life, you, you know what I'm talking about. If you've ever been through the dark night of the soul, you have been through a difficult experience, and it's, it's, a, it's a lonely experience, it's a painful experience, it, it's, you just feel like you're, you're in a cell. You know, you're kind of locked in a cell with the light turned off. And, uh, and it doesn't feel good. And maybe you have been there. Maybe you're there now. I think some of you could be there now. You might be going through a time where you just feel like you're crawling through a spiritual desert. You know, and, you, and then you, you, you maybe you even start to doubt. Maybe all those things that I believe weren't right. Maybe all those things, you know, because we, we live in kind of a feeling culture, a feeling society. And so we tend to base our truth on our feelings sometime, which can be really dangerous because our feelings change, right? Our feelings change. And so uh, you just feel like you're, you're just go, you know, crawling through a desert. Maybe it's a heaviness. Maybe you have a heaviness on your life and it just won't seem to lift. I want this heaviness lift. Why won't, you know, why don't I feel uh, joy again? You know, part of that is, you know, we're grown up, you know, from, from the time we're born, we're grown up, you know, uh, with this idea that happiness is the, is the, alt, is, is homeostasis, right? Happiness is, is the, is the benchmark. Happiness is the plumb line, right? And then when we're not happy, well, something must be wrong, Right? We feel like uh, a lack of pain. We feel immediately, you know, from the, from the time you're this big, if you've got a headache, what's the first thing we need to do? Get rid of it, right? Let's take an aspirin. And so we're, we're brought up to believe that pain is, good, is bad and pain must be eliminated. And when you're not happy, something must be wrong. And so uh, it, it's, it's a really, it's a head trip, Okay. And so you know, maybe that excitement of following Jesus has faded and maybe your passion is gone. I remember the first time I experienced this as a teenager. Because the first several months of my following Jesus was like this mountaintop. It was so exciting. I mean, it was just, I made this decision to follow Christ, and, uh, and it was just really exciting. And when I would pray, it felt like I was, you know, just, just plugged into a, power outlet, and I just thought it was just awesome, and every time I would go to worship, it was just incredible, it was this exciting experience, and I would, I would cry, and it was all awesome, and uh, I, I just remember, because I, I was back in high school, and I hit this period, this sort of like, I don't know what to call it, dry spell, dark night of the soul, I don't know what to call it, but it just felt like somebody kind of unplugged me from the wall. And it felt like the power was gone. It felt like when I prayed, no one was listening. Uh, the word of God just didn't leap off the page at me the way that it used to. I remember when I first got saved, man, I would read the Bible and it was like, it was all highlight. I had to get different colored highlighters, you know, because everything was jumping out at me. Everything just was speaking to me. It was like this revelation. And then all of a sudden, it stopped. Right? It just stopped, and, and, and I was just so confused that this shift, I thought, maybe I did something wrong. Did I do something wrong? Is, is, is my, my faith low? Did I, you know, whatever, and, and I started to kind of do, and I remember calling one of my youth leaders, and I was like, what's wrong with me? What happened? Am I still saved? Right? Does God still love me? Because I'm, I don't have these feelings. And he had to explain to me, bro, it's a dry spell. And guess what? You'll grow more in your dry spell than you will on your high spell. And that's so important that we understand those things, you know. 
feelings of elation in our spirituality does not necessarily mean growth. And you know what? Consuming massive quantities of the word, which is awesome, does not necessarily mean growth. You can gain a bunch of knowledge and still be a baby. You can gain all sorts of knowledge, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you've grown spiritually. It just means you gained a bunch of knowledge. And so uh, those, this, this dark night of the soul actually has a purpose. The dark night of the soul has a purpose, but how are we supposed to respond to them when they come our way? And that's the important thing. You can go through a dark night of the soul and not grow at all because you're not responding correctly, you know? And uh, here's the thing. They're guaranteed to come your way. If you have never experienced a dark night of the soul, give it time. Give it time. You will experience one. Maybe if you've only been following Jesus for six months or a year and you're like, this is awesome, you know, I'm having my best life now, right? Give it some time. Give it some time. You will hit the dark night of the soul. And, and, and how you go through it is so important. How you respond to the dark night is so important. In fact, how you respond to the dark night is everything. It's everything. And so uh, I, we're going to talk about that. Uh, really quick, though, let's pray. Father, I ask today that you would speak to us, that you would cause your word to come alive in us. God, I pray that you would bring transformation. But I pray for every person going through a dark night of the soul this morning, and I ask God that you would give them ears to hear, that defenses would go away, God, that they would receive from you. God, I pray that all of us today would just be on high receive, just receiving from you, ears open. God, that you would bring, uh, just tear down walls of criticism, tear down walls of cynicism. God, we're not here to analyze the message as critics today. We're here to receive from you. And so I pray, God, that you would allow that to happen so that uh, you would change us and transform us and make us more like Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. You can listen to the message later and analyze and criticize, but right now I want you to listen because this could be transformational to you, okay? And so we're going to take a look. We're going to read uh, Psalm chapter 27, verses 13 and 14. And this passage of Scripture was written by King David. You have to remember the, the, the story of David. And David uh, was, it had been prophesied. He had been anointed as king. Right? He'd already been anointed by king. He had, been, he had received this promise that he was going to be king. He had already slew Goliath. He had already grown into a great man of God. And what was happening in David's life? Was he king yet? No, not even close. In fact, he was being hunted down by the current king Saul. All right? He, he couldn't even go home. Uh, he, was, he, he, he lived with some other guys, and they were sort of just always on the run. And he wasn't even close to being king. And in the midst of really one of the darkest times in his life, he wrote these words. Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. Wow. I'm going to read that again. Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for 
the Lord. So David was just, he was in a funk, man. I mean, he was in that place where you and I have been, where we've gone, but I had this great vision. I thought it was going to be awesome. I had this imagination. My life was going to be this, or my marriage was going to be that, or my job was going to be this. Or you know what? By this time in my life, I really believed that I'd be making more money, or that I would have more friends, or that, you know, all those things that we imagine about life and we imagine about things, right? And, and it, it, he was so far from that. He was, he was so far from that. I'm going to be king. No, he's being hunted now. Okay? And so he was far from it. And so I'm going to boil it down to this. If you remember one thing about the dark night of the soul, I, please remember this. Wait patiently for the Lord. Wait patiently for the Lord. Okay? It seems so simple, but it is so difficult to just wait patiently for the Lord. And even, even just hearing myself say that, it just sounds cliché, right? It sounds kind of cliché. It sounds kind of, oh yeah, that's a nice thing to say. But it's so difficult because we are practical people. And waiting patiently for the Lord does not sound very practical, does it? It doesn't sound... We are super practical people. And... and, and our answer, when we're in a, in, in a dark time, what is it that our, you know, our answer always seems to be more? Right? When we're in a dark time, it's like, if I, I just need to pray more. More praying. That'll get me out of this dark time. More reading. More trying. Right? If I just try harder, I'll get out of this dark time. More praying, more reading, more trying. If I just serve more, if I just worship more, if I just go to a few more meetings and keep myself busy, I will climb out of this dark place. You're not in this dark place because God wants you to climb out of it. Right? Or, or we might take this other shift, this other idea. Rather than more praying, more reading, more whatever, what do we do? More Netflix. More Netflix. That'll help me feel better because, you know, we can't feel bad ever, right? If I just have more Netflix, that'll help me get out. If I just, you know what, a little more wine, a little more boozing, just a little more medicating myself. If I just smoke a little bit more, if I just drink a little bit more, if I just kind of, you know, more, 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 then that will help me feel better as if feeling better were the ultimate goal of following Jesus. That's another sermon altogether. But if you think feeling better is the goal of following Jesus, you have missed the point completely. All right? And, uh, and Jesus was a poor example. <laughs> right? If, following Je- if, if feeling better is the ultimate goal of following Jesus, then Jesus was the worst example possible. Because he went head first, straight on, was focused on walking into the pain. And so, uh, it's not more Netflix. It's not more wine. Pain is not the evil that you were taught it is. Okay? So, if we can establish that, that would be awesome. It's not more. It's not more trying. Uh, and, then, and then, what are the, some of the things that we do when we go into the dark night of the soul? Sometimes we even make, like, resolutions. Right? And, and we just make this resolution, I'm going to be more spiritual. I'm going to be more, right? But can I just tell you, any of you who are resolution makers here, 
the greater the resolution, the greater the fall. Right? And you make, you make these grand resolutions that you could never live up to because you feel that if you make a grand resolution, it'll make you feel better, right? And these grand resolutions, we, can't, we can never live up to them, and then we fall, and they're harder. But when, but when God leads us into the dark night of the soul, the only way for us to receive what God intends for us is to patiently wait in humility and meekness. If you want what God wants for you in the dark night of the soul, then patiently wait with meekness and humility. Patiently wait with meekness and humility. That's so important, okay? It's not time to start judging other people. It's not time to start criticizing others. It's not time, no. Patiently wait with humility and weakness. Because a lot of times when we're in a funk, what do we like to do? Compare our lives to other people. Well, at least I'm not that bad. At least I'm not doing that every night. At least I'm not hanging out with those people, right? We start comparing because we think it's going to make us feel better. Just don't. Just humility and meekness, okay? How can we wait? Are we we just supposed to go about and kind of living our lives, pushing those thoughts out of our minds? No, 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 no. Never expecting joy and hope to return. That's not what I mean at all. So how do we wait with humility and and meekness? The first thing is this. Remember who God is. Remember who God is. This is is so important. Remember who God is. Our God is the same God who spoke the world into existence. Right? So remember who God is. Don't forget. He just, he spoke the world into existence. His, His love is so powerful that nothing can separate you from his love. Nothing. Nothing. We used to sing this song in church. It drove me crazy. Do you remember that song, Purify Our Hearts? Oh, my goodness. I don't know. Some of you guys who've been around church for a long time might remember this song. It's like, purify my heart. Cleanse me, Lord, I pray. Remove from me all that is standing in the way of your love. (laughs) Who wrote that? Okay, Nothing. I mean, Scripture is so clear on this that nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. Not even your feelings. Okay? And the, 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 just because you're not feeling loved doesn't mean you're not loved. Okay? And so, so he is sovereign. He's sovereign. And if he has you waiting... It's because waiting in that dark place is what is currently needed in your life most. If God has you in a dark place, if God has you waiting, it's because that is what's needed in your life the most. Okay? And it's to put what it's to put in you what needs to be there for your growth and your maturity. It's not just there to make you suffer. It's not just there to, you know, kind of go, let's see if you can take that, right? Let's see what she does now, right? It's, it's, to, it's to put in you what needs to be there most. And so I, I think a lot of people, I just want to stop. If you're going through a dark time, if you're going through the dark night of the soul right now, it's because God sees it's what's best for you right now. It's, what, it's, it's because God is putting something in you that he couldn't put in you in a, another way, right? And so uh, it's because he sees that. It's his goodness, and it's his wisdom that has you there, right? 
It's not his wrath that has you there. It's not his anger that has you there. It's his goodness, and it's his mercy. Uh, If you're going through a dark night, tell yourself that. It's his goodness, and it's his mercy that has me here. It's his goodness, and it's his mercy that has me here. Okay? That's so important. I find comfort in that. Sometimes when I go through a dark night or a dark time, I tell myself that. It's God's goodness. It's God's mercy that has me here. And so, uh, remember his love. Remember his wisdom. Remember his promises. Remember who he is and not who you feel like him to be. God is not who your emotions paint a picture of. Okay? So remember who God is. The next thing is this. If you're going through the dark night, hold on. Hold on. Resist the temptation to give up. Resist the temptation to medicate. We've talked about that before. Again, going back to pain elimination, wanting to eliminate pain. Resist the temptation to medicate. If you're going through a difficult time, resist the temptation to medicate and try to, you know, uh, placate those feelings or tamp them down or whatever. Resist the temptation to take matters into your own hands, right? And we do that sometimes. Sometimes we go through a difficult time or we we receive a rebuke or we receive criticism. What's the first thing we want to do? Defend ourselves. Because, because we want to take, what? No. We want to take that matter. We want to take that situation into our own hands. Okay? Resist the temptation to medicate. Resist the temptation to kind of take it into your own hands. Okay? It's not about formulas. It's not about steps. It's not about programs. There is not a, you know, five steps to getting out of the dark night of the soul. That's why this message is, how do we wait on God, not how do we crawl out of this? Okay? This is not a weight loss program. It's not a success formula. It's not a one, two, three, A, B, C exhortation. Okay? Resist the temptation to think that there's some sort of formula or some sort of process for getting out of the dark night. That's not what it's about. Okay? That's not what it's about. It's about trusting that God, who began a good work in you, is faithful to complete that work. That's what it's about. That God who led you into this is the God who will lead you out of it. That he is faithful to complete the work he began in you. And I'll just tell you, as a, parenthetically, the most growth I've ever experienced, the, the times when, uh, when, when my faith has become more solid and more unshakable, are the times where those things were put in me through the dark nights, through those times. I'm a better person for every dark night I ever went through. Okay? Ever went through waiting on God. Because <laughs> here's the thing, if you, if you like do stuff to climb out of your dark night, you're just going to go through it again. All right? It's, you know, it's learn and grow from it or get stuck there again. You just go through it over and over again. Why do I keep losing a job? Why can't I hold a job? I saw one guy got fired from job after job after job, and you know what he said? Nobody can keep me. (laughs) What? (laughs) So it's all their fault that you just go from job and job and job. Yeah. Okay. Just let God do it. All right, just let God do it. 
So, you know, hold on, hold on. It's trusting that on the other side of your dark night, you're going to be more like Jesus. On the other side of the dark night, you're going to be more like Jesus, who endured the ultimate dark night when he hung on the cross. And even Jesus, on the cross, what did he say? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Exactly. Even Jesus went through that. If we think that, that you know, Jesus isn't, going to, if Jesus isn't going to escape the dark night of the soul, we should. You know, and so even he felt that way. And we're becoming more like him as we go through the dark night of the soul. Third, this is very much like the last one, but it's important. Let go of your need to hurry through it. Just let go of your need to hurry through it. Let go. Just, you know what? Just sit in your pain and wait for the Lord. Just sit in your pain and wait for the Lord. We think about Job, covered in ashes. And what did he say? Though he slay me, I will trust in him. Though he slay me, I will trust in him. Just sit in your pain and wait for the Lord. This isn't time for grand resolutions, and this isn't time for hyper-spirituality, right? It's not, it's not time, you know, when you're in the dark night, it's not time for this sort of hyper-spirituality and all those things. Your growth in patience is just as important as your growth in faith and joy and peace. God wants to help you to grow in patience because faith and patience are what makes it happen. Not just faith, okay? And so rushing through the dark night only serves to hold off what God is trying to do in you. Don't try to rush through it. That's a hard word, I know, for a lot of people. But I want to rush through it. I want to feel better. You know? Again, as if feeling better were the highest, uh, you know, virtue. The highest thing you can attain is feeling better. It's not true. Okay? The last thing is this. Delight in the Lord. Delight in the Lord. Doesn't that sound counterintuitive? When you're in the dark night? Delight in the Lord. Delighting may be... Uh, the word that's furthest from our minds when we feel as if all joy has been like sucked out of us. <laughs> you ever felt that way? You just feel like all the joy has just been drawn out of you. The last thing we feel like doing is delighting the Lord. When God feels so far away, the last thing that we feel like doing is delighting in the Lord. How do we delight in the Lord during times like that? Well, stay faithful to his word even when the feelings are gone. Right? So you know before I said it's not about more and more and more and more, but it is about staying faithful. It is about staying faithful to his word. Even when you're reading through it and you just feel like this is dry. I don't care who begat who. Right? Doesn't it seem like those are the passages we're drawn to when we're going through the dark night? We're going through the dark, dark night and it's like, you know, and ye shall leave the camp upon that time of month. And it's like, what? This isn't helping me at all, you know? And because we want this word to leap off our page, you know, and make us feel better. Again, just stay faithful to his word when the feelings are gone. Stay in prayer, even when we don't have words to say. You know, what I like to do is I like to write my prayers. They help me stay focused. I like to write a letter to the Lord every day. Just keep doing that, right? Keep doing that, even when the feelings are gone. Continue to worship, even when the songs just feel stale, right? Even when you show up on Sunday and you're like, how many times are they going to sing this song? Right? Just sing it. Just worship. Just 
worship. When those feelings of cynicism and criticism start to creep up on you, just rebuke that and just worship. And just worship. Okay, continue to worship. (sighs) Stay faithful. Don't give up. Stay faithful. Don't give up. And then delight in the Lord with your gratitude. Delight. I'm so excited because next week we're starting a gratitude series. And, oh, my word, gratitude is so powerful. And sometimes we just have to express gratitude because, spoiler alert, gratitude isn't gratitude if it's unexpressed. Spoiler alert, okay? And when we're going through a funk and we're going through a dark time, sometimes what we really need to do is get out a piece of paper or open up our little journaling app and just write something down that we can be grateful for, even if we don't feel particularly grateful for it. Right? Do you always feel grateful for your kids? Somebody's like, yes. So you're feeling grateful when you're walking through the store with them and they're knocking things over and screaming because they want something that you won't give them and they're throwing a fit because you won't give them that useless bubble that will find its way somewhere underneath the seat in the back seat of the car never played with again. I'm not feeling grateful for them during those moments, but you know what? I'll sit down and I'll write that I'm grateful for them because you don't have to feel grateful to be grateful. Right? And so gratitude is very helpful in delighting yourself in the Lord, even when you don't feel it. Psalm 1, 1 through 3 says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord. They delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Wow. This is, this is him saying these things about someone who just delights in the Lord. Who just delights in the Lord. And one of the ways that we do that is by showing him gratitude, giving him gratitude, whether we feel like it or not. Whether you, you, whether you make 100000 a year or whether you are on assistance, you have something to be grateful for. Whether you have children or no children, you have something to be grateful for. Everyone in this room has something to be grateful for. And if you're kind of sitting here thinking, no, I don't, you don't know the situation I'm in, then you are in a dark night and you need doubly to be grateful. Doubly. All right? And so this morning what I want to do is I just want to say a prayer for those who feel like they're going through the dark night of the soul. And uh, I would love uh, our prayer team just to go ahead and, and take their place right now. And, and uh, if Wendy wants to join me, if she can join me, we're, we're both running sound this morning. <laughs> so uh, we're excited about that. Um, so Linda, take your pick, front or back. Go ahead to the front. There you go. So we're going to have, what's that? Well, do you feel like the Lord saying something? Okay. All right. So we're going to pray. We're going to pray. And, uh, you know, if you're here this morning and you're like, yeah, I'm kind of going through a dark night. Uh, I I want you to do something kind of bold and brave and just stand up so I can pray for you. And uh, Wendy's going to pray for you. And we just want to bless you. We want to pray for you. So if that's you and you would like prayer today, Just go ahead and stand.
Let me pray for you. Anybody else? Is there anybody else? Yeah. Yeah. I know there's a few of you here. Holy Spirit told me. <laughs> and uh, so, is anybody else? Let me pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. There's a place, I believe it's in Africa, um, where these trees grow and they are some the, the wood that's harvested from these trees is some of the strongest wood in the entire world it, it's incredible like these trees are so robust and so strong they're some of the strongest most incredible some of the most beautiful trees in the entire world um, and they are strong and beautiful and wonderful because they grow in one of the most harsh environments in the entire world. They're constantly being battered by wind and storms. And I mean, they, they are getting battered constantly. But because of that, they grow into these amazing, amazing trees. And I feel like the Holy Spirit wanted me to tell you that today. Because that is what you are growing into that you are not going to be like the tree that sprouts out with the shadow, shallow roots and when the first tornado comes along, it gets completely uprooted. That God is growing in you like these incredible trees. I see that in the Spirit. That if you go through the dark night and wait patiently for the Lord and delight in Him and don't give up, that's you. <laughs> that's you. Yeah, I saw in addition to that, the trees were um, like when the storms come because, you know, we can go through the dark night of the soul and um, and God brings us out of it and then we think it's over. But storms will come. They will continue to come. But because you will be greater rooted, um, your branches may bend, but you won't be uprooted. So you still may feel pain, but you will not be moved. Like the tree, like um, that's roots grow so deep in him, that your roots will be so deep in him that you could bend, but you will not break. And the other thing I felt like God was saying is that he is with you in your pain. And I know that that sounds really cliche, but I felt, I just, I felt in my gut <laughs> your pain and I felt like God said I feel it too hmm. I feel it too you're not alone I'm with you 100% so I just want to pray that you receive that hmm. and that you can sense his presence even in that pain yeah. God I pray for every person standing today for prayer Lord I ask that you would give them the courage, God, the courage and the trust 
to sit in the dark night. God, to delight in you, to remember who you are. God, to let go of their need to hurry through this. That they would say, like Job said, hey, if it takes forever, whatever, though he slay me, I'll trust in him. God, that we would have that kind of trust. Lord, I pray, Lord, not for better feelings, but deeper trust. God, I pray not for pain to go away, but for delight in you to rise up. And for grace, God. Not a feel-better grace, but a solid rock grace rooted in you. Holy Spirit, come and give us the trust and the strength. God, because we know that it's producing endurance in us. Endurance leads to perfection. But only if we sit and we wait patient for you. Oh, I praise you, God. In Jesus' name, amen.